Hey there, welcome to the Health and Harmony podcast, where your health and harmony is our mission. I'm Chrissy Rice, a spiritual wellness coach, joined by Mike Fave, an independent researcher and health clinician. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking all about skin inflammation. So things like eczema, dermatitis, rosacea, acne, you name it, we're going to kind of tap into all of these things, kind of where they're stemming from, why we get them, and how to ease them a bit. So Mike, which one do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the foundation? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think for the sake of time on this podcast, I think we should talk about in general, what could be the underlying situation with each skin condition or with skin, skin conditions overall. And then we can maybe on subsequent episodes, we'll dive into like eczema specifically and psoriasis specifically and rosacea specifically, and then run from there. What do you okay. think about that? Let's do that. So we'll do the broad one today and we'll kind of just um, teach you a little bit about why and how this is happening. And then we'll break them all down throughout the other episodes. I like it. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So I think, and you talked about this before we started, when somebody has a skin problem, if it's acne, if it's, uh, if it's rosacea, if it's a dermatitis, if it's hives, if it's psoriasis, in any of these circumstances, people will automatically, they'll go to the doctor and the doctor will prescribe a topical cream. And mm -hmm. so with the idea that this is a topical problem, and I think in my experience and from my reading, I would say that most people's skin problems are likely an internal issue that manifests topically. So it's yeah. not that you just need this, this cream for the topical solution. You have to address what's going on internally. And a lot of times that's centered around the gut. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Chrissy? A hundred percent. I mean, I'm kind of living proof of that. So I had a lot of skin issues before I switched everything over to changing my lifestyle and eating better and going gluten-free and learning and understanding the diet and the gut. I was a victim of skin issues. So, and if I'm not careful where sometimes I can go, if I go off track even a little bit, those skin issues will be like, hi, yep, still here. So make sure you're taking care of your insides. But mine was always topical. Like I would constantly always get just topical creams because I thought, oh, it's just on the outside. But when you mentioned hives, that was a good point because hives normally come from something you ingest or you put inside of your body and then your body starts to show you these signs like, oh, hi, I don't really like this that much, but it takes a while for it to come out to the outside. So other skin issues are the same. Yep. Yep. And the, there's, there are certain circumstances where you can like touch something that's yeah. really irritating to your skin and get a rash or get hives or get a, a some type of breakout or some type of irritation. Poison that is ivy. possible. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Poison ivy is a perfect example. But I think for the chronic skin conditions, a lot of times it's not this external thing. Right. I think it's very much an internal thing. And so I'll give a couple examples here. There's strong relationships with psoriasis and the release of something called endotoxin from the gut. So endotoxin is a bacterial metabolite that is very damaging to our bodies. And it, it comes from the bacteria inside our gut. And so if somebody has a dysbiosis or they have some significant inflammatory response going into, into going on in the gut, 
and that leads to a leakiness in the gut, then the bacterial products that are produced from the colon can get into the bloodstream. I think for some people, they will respond with these skin breakouts. Mm-hmm. Another example would be eczema. There's strong associations with microbial dysbiosis or overgrowth of certain pathogens or opportunistic pathogens like candida albicans, and which is a type of fungus, and eczema uh, and significant um, uh, eczema breakouts and things along these lines. So I think a lot of the stuff is centered around what's going on with the gut, and then things just manifest with the different components of the skin. And even for me recently, um, when I was in the Philippines, I got quite sick after the the parasitic infection situation, and it messed up my gut for quite a bit. And while I was treating it, I've never had uh, psoriasis in my life, but I broke out on my elbow what looked like to be like psoriasis. So I've never had that symptom before. I've never seen it before, but I got the scaly, dry, patchy rash while I was treating the parasitic infection that I got. And then once I, once I treat it, it was gone. So I've never yeah. seen that before. I've never had that symptom before. And, uh, while I was treating this, this, this gut situation, it, it started to crop up. And then once that situation had resolved, it had gone away. So I think, uh, I had a couple experiences like that, that where things going on in my gut have directly led to the skin breakout. Uh, we'll talk about other ones like acne and, uh, like uh, rashes and things like that. But I want to get your thoughts on, on this. Yeah, so when we have something going on internally in our bodies, whether it's something that we're fighting or I'm even going to say that emotions and um, feelings bring out skin issues as well. When we have something going on internally, it's I feel like it's our body's natural mechanism to start to push it out to the exterior. Like it's trying to get rid of it and and show you, hey, this is what's going on. But we don't actually know like how to read it. It's like, uh, I need like a, like a key code, like, okay, this is the rash. This is where it is. This is what this means. But our bodies are just kind of taking all that stuff on the outside, like you trying to get rid of that parasitic infection and trying to bring your body back to normal. It was like pushing it out to the surface to release it. Yeah. So this, that this is what happens in a lot of these circumstances as you're talking about is when you have like a parasitic infection or a bacterial dysbiosis, the toxins that are produced. So say, for example, in killing the parasites, when the parasites in the gut are killed, all the cellular components from those parasites start to get released. Right. And then those components will interact with different areas of the intestine, like the payers patches, and the M cells inside the colon and, and some of the histamine producing cells, the goblet cells and whatnot, and stimulate a serotonergic response from the, from the colon itself. From the, I think it's, um, oh, I'm forgetting, I lost the name for the serotonin. Uh, I think, it, no, it's not enterochromaffin cells. Um, it could be the enterochromaffin cells. Either way, the cells within the intestine pick up these different metabolites and components from these the dead parasites from bacteria in the gut etc and then it that they interact with the immune system they release all these mediators these signaling compounds like histamine like serotonin like substance p like cytokines and then those things the change in those things the change in the immune response to those components leads to these other effects on the skin and whatnot or rashes or some people it's the joints or some people it's with their hormones and things along these lines and i think that that's where that's that's what you're seeing with the with the gut situation. So a lot of people are when they're coming from a low carb diet or something like this, 
and they're starting to add in carbs. Some people will say that they have histamine responses. They're very sensitive to histamine. Yeah. And I think with the, some of the low carb stuff, with the really high fat diets and the high animal protein diets, what starts to happen is you shift the colonic microbiome towards bacteria that are degrading amino acids. One of the major amino acids could be histidine, which gets converted into histamine. And so when you shift the microbiome to these bacteria, these bacteria can be histamine producing bacteria. And so when you start to throw certain things in there, they start producing a lot and a lot, a lot of histamine. So it's mm -hmm. not that I think people necessarily are always histamine intolerant per se, that their body is unable to break down histamine. It's just that the amount of histamine that gets produced inside the gastrointestinal tract from this particular dysbiotic microbiome overwhelms the system's capacity to actually manage something like histamine. And that's where you see people get rashes after eating different foods, or they'll get uh, sneezing symptoms or watery al uh, allergenic yeah. type of symptoms and things along these lines. So that's, uh, I think that a lot of different components inside the gut are driving the skin symptoms. I've seen people have the histamine responses from gut dysbiosis. I've seen people get the eczema situation from allergenic responses to food from the gut, from gut dysbiosis or gut disruption where the barrier of the gut is not very good. So all the food components leak in, it creates an allergenic response and then you start seeing the eczema. I've seen people, uh, there are studies where they're looking at people who are dealing with psoriasis and endotoxin, as I talked about, gets elevated in this circumstance. And then there's also a component inside the gut around rosacea where uh, people who are dealing with rosacea are also dealing with bacterial metabolites from the gut as well. So I think the skin and the gut go hand in hand together a lot of times. And the managing the dysbiosis in the gut, sealing up the gut barrier, and then also maybe adjusting some components in the diet that worsen gut function or lead to dysbiosis can help to directly manage symptoms. And I've seen that time and time again. Oh, with with many clients where yeah. not directly treating the skin topically is what solves the problem. It's dressing the diet and the gut and then, oh, wow, you know, my my acne is gone. My psoriasis is gone or it's drastically minimized my uh, eczema. You know, I didn't get it this winter. A lot of people tend to get some of these skin symptoms mm -hmm. in the winter. So, yes, I am proof of that. Definitely healed my skin issues after I fixed the diet and the gut totally works. I'm a believer. <laughs> but are there different reasons why we get rashes or skin issues on different parts of our body? Like, oh, if you get it in the cheeks, it's because of this. If you get it on your elbows, it's because of this. Or your hands, it's because of this. Or is it just your weak point in your body? I, I'm not quite sure what drives the, like, the regional distribution of the rashes. Like, I don't have a, a, a solid answer for for like people tending to get eczema or psoriasis around their joints, whereas mm -hmm. rosacea tends to be on the face yeah. and then acne. So the acne specifically tends to be in the face or tends to be on areas that have that respond to like hormones to a yeah. large extent or like areas that are high in sebaceous glands that secrete large amounts of, of oils. So usually that's the T zone on the face or that for some people it could be the shoulders or some people it could be their chest. Those yeah. are the major areas that people will get acne or also in the scalp and things along these lines. And that's related to the sebaceous glands. Um, so I think with acne, we have the sebaceous distribution. I think for some of the other areas, like if somebody is dealing with a, like a dermatitis, it's also often in the scalp or often in the armpit or in the groin. 
because of the some of the different type of glands that are present there, like the apocrine glands and sebaceous glands present there. The and and then you also have um, a lot of the lymphatic regions are around there. I think that also may play a, a piece as well, where in, in the different lim, lymphatic regions, the um, if you're having the immune response or whatnot, the some of the 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 components would be expressed there because you have these these glands that are also uh, releasing sweat and different components through, through those types of mechanisms. There's huge lymph nodes in the groin and the armpits that are centered around those those regions as well. So I think right. there may be some component with that. And then also, if somebody is secreting certain substances inside their sweat, those are areas that are very prone to sweat. And then what you wind up finding is the components that are being released in the sweat are leading to dysbiosis inside those areas, because those are also areas that would grow large populations of bacteria, because it's it's um it's warm and it's moist and it and there's not a lot of sunlight in your groin yeah. or in your armpits so i think that that may contribute to some of those components as well as like what's being released in sweat um the hormonal the whole hormonal areas of sebaceous glands so i would i would think that and then a lot of times for a lot of autoimmune diseases or a lot of inflammatory disorders they tend to affect joints so a lot of people will and this I don't exactly know the reason why, but it could be related to how different metabolites are distributed in different areas. So a lot of times people will find that they'll start with psoriasis or eczema around the joints. When I had my, the psoriasis on my ankle and it was on my elbow, um, but it wasn't like anywhere else. So there's, I don't know the exact reasons. These are kind of hypotheses that I think about in, in terms of understanding the research, but that could explain some of the distributions. I was going to say, when you said about the sweating part, you're sweating things out and it's affecting those areas, right? The reason you're sweating that stuff out is partially of what you're ingesting. Yes. So again, the gut. So what yeah. you put into your gut, you're going to sweat it out and that's going to affect your skin. Yeah. And the the, the things inside the gut that are causing this Im- immune dysregulation or uh, infl- inflammatory response or whatnot could be altering what's going on with the immune cells inside the lymphatic system and, and also the hormonal profile, changing the composition of the sweat and changing what's going on inside the lymphatic vessels. And again, the reason I'm touching on the lymphatic system is because the lymphatic system is direct. uh, The major lymph nodes are centered around the groin and the armpits. And then you have a major lymph uh, duct in the chest and then you have the spleen as well, but those are some major areas and you can sweat out some of the components through the, through that area. Um, so that's why I'm thinking about the lymphatic system and change of the immune system from different right. components from the gut. Right. Okay. So if you start to change the foundations of the way that you eat, will you see the difference in your skin? So with the topical creams, I feel like people are using to, mm, I want to say, lessen the symptoms of the skin issues that they have. They almost have to kind of be on that forever because it's just easing the symptoms that you're having. It's not getting rid of the actual um, thing that you have, like the eczema, the rosacea, the acne, the psoriasis, all that. It's just sort of um, taming it down for you to be more manageable. But if you heal the gut and you work on that foundation, you can actually get rid of it. So you don't have to tame it down with creams. Yes, that's a great point. So 
the creams, I think in most circumstances are just symptomatic management as you're pointing out. And I think that while, while you are trying to address the internal stuff, it's helpful to have something to control the symptoms, right? Like if yeah. you're breaking out in rashes, having some Benadryl or something like that is helpful. If you're dealing with psoriasis, maybe like some essential oils with something like a cocoa butter can be yeah. helpful to manage the the irritation. Same thing with like an eczema. Uh, all of those things can can be quite helpful. So I think having a the topical solutions may help, but I think at the end of the day, the major thing that we want to do is address the foundation. So I would say to do both, but understand that the topical solutions are symptomatic management and probably not directly addressing the root cause. And even things like corticosteroids that they give for a lot of these inflammatory yeah. skin situations, the topical steroid creams, long-term, those are working just by suppressing the immune system. Because again, in all these disorders, there's, an, there's some type of immune dysregulation. There's some type of imbalance with the immune system. I think it's derived from interactions with things going on in the gut a lot of times, not maybe not in all cases, but a lot of times. And then the, um, the creams are just suppressing the immune system which also, while it helps to minimize that response in the area, long-term, there's really bad effects for the skin there. It starts to thin out the skin, the, the steroid creams. So mm -hmm. we don't want to be using something that has this long-term negative effect. There's other topical things that we can use, incorporating some of the essential oils or incorporating some, some of the steroids like pregnenolone or DHEA, which won't actually have that thinning of the skin effect while they can have the anti-inflammatory effect uh, and then also different herbal compounds and whatnot can also be helpful as well. So I would look right. towards those and try to manage with those things rather than using like the steroid creams or immunosuppressant drugs if, that is, if it is possible to manage it with these other components. Because again, these other components don't really have a long-term negative. Whereas these creams, uh, corticosteroids or immunosuppressant creams can definitively be negative in the long term. And it that's known. Like you can look at any of the prescribing information and see like what the timeframes that are recommended to use these things and then what is the long-term consequences and side effect profiles of on them. Right. I was going to, I was just going to bring this up. I don't know if this is going to help at all for somebody with the topical stuff. Does a red light therapy help? Yeah. So actually red light for, for a variety of these disorders, red light therapy and sun exposures is very helpful in managing them. Right. So, okay. So listen to our red light therapy pod. <laughs> Yes. And you will episode and you will get some information on that because I think that would really be helpful to help people who are dealing with these skin issues on the day to day. It's going to help ease it. Yes, 100%. I think that red light could be quite helpful. A solution of like a cocoa butter or maybe an olive oil mixture, something like that would be quite helpful to actually soothe and moisturize the skin. You could put a little bit of vitamin E with it. You can put in some essential oils with it, like a Ceylon cinnamon oil. Um, you can use something like a lemongrass oil. There's a there's a variety of different ones that could be helpful that you could mix, like even rosemary, something like that. That'll have an anti-inflammatory effect directly. And then we'll also have an antimicrobial effect in circumstances where like a microbial overgrowth or dysbiosis is a problem. A lot of people who are dealing with something like eczema can often get infections with staph bacteria inside the skin because there you have the cracks in the skin and then you get a pretty bad infection. You got to go on antibiotics and it worsens yeah. dysbiosis and all this type of stuff. Whereas if you have the, the essential oils running constantly 
with the cocoa butter and then possibly like a DHEA, pregnenolone, the vitamin E, you can help heal the skin while you're addressing the inside. You can minimize the bacterial colonization of the wounds that you develop. And you can also keep the skin nice and moist so it doesn't uh, crack and dry so much without having to use like a steroid cream or something that's going to have a long-term negative effect on the skin overall. So I would, I like the topical things. I like to use things that don't have a net negative in the long term. And then while that's again, while addressing this, the foundations with the gut. So clearing out dysbiosis, resealing gut barrier, um, minimizing foods that can be problematic, that can be irritating to the gut that can um, cause issues with hormones. So I guess, well, I want to leave the floor and then we can talk about some of the foods that have a hormonal effect that affect the skin. And this is for things like acne. Yeah. I was just going to say, I really, I'm a big fan of cocoa butter. Well, I make my own little lotion mixture, but when I, when I run out of that, I'm being lazy and I don't want to go make it. So it's like cocoa butter, coconut oil, and vitamin E mixed together. I like to buy the, um, like the chunks of cocoa butter, they're like big chunks and just you, they melt in your hand. So you just kind of rub them on the area that you need it to be rubbed on if you don't. So it's, if it's like a warmer climate where things get um, liquidy easier, those are really good because you can just kind of rub that on the area that you need some moisture. Yeah. We'll have a, we'll have to create our own skincare line. <laughs> yes. That is our future endeavor. Uh, because I love my skincare line that I've made with the cocoa butter and coconut oil. And I've, I've tried all a whole bunch of other things, shea butter before, but I'm a cocoa, I'm a cocoa butter and coconut oil and vitamin E person. So yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have to come up with our, with our own, <laughs> our own line for this type of stuff. But yeah, those, those things can all be super helpful. The, the, the next piece I wanted to touch on was the hormonal effect of certain things. So certain foods like dairy can actually predispose some people to develop acne because of some of the hormonal components of the dairy in terms of changing things in terms of like IGF-1 concentrations and how that affects what's going on with sebum production in some of the, some of the different glands, like the sebaceous glands. And that can, pre, that can lead for some people to, develop, to form or develop acne when eating some of these foods. And removing some of those foods can actually be quite helpful for people overall. Mm -hmm. So it's not that the foods are inherently bad, but some people's systems just won't tolerate them specifically with the dairy circumstance. So for me, dairy will give me acne for sure. Not all over my face, but like blackheads and things on my shoulders and back. And it, I think it's largely around a hormonal component. Uh, and then also gut irritation as well. So things that really irritate the gut can also drive... For some people, cystic acne um, and then blackheads and things like this. And I, I think that's also through altering hormonal profile. So if you have serious gut irritation, you can adjust what's going on with some of the hormones produced by the adrenal gland. And then I think some of those, those adrenal androgens uh, can lead to the formation of, of acne in susceptible people. So I think that, that may be some of the mechanisms. Those are some of the mechanisms that I think about in terms of understanding the pathways and what's going on. And then dairy is one of the big foods, uh, like even butter that can cause yeah. issues for people in terms of acne. So if, if somebody's really dealing with serious acne, minimizing some of those foods can be quite helpful. Yeah. I'm a, uh, yeah, that worked. That happens to me too. Not with butter, but I have a pimple right here on my lip, above my lip. You know what it's from? Yogurt. One serving of yogurt. <laughs> So yes, you get dairy and you're just like, yeah, that looks really good. I'm just going to have some yogurt. A couple of days later, you get a pimple on your face and you wonder why. 
It's because yep. of the yogurt. I've had many, many, many clients that were came specifically to deal with acne and yes, just yeah. minimizing dairy by itself was more than enough to actually significantly decrease the amount of acne that they were experiencing on a regular basis. And I think with a lot of these skin conditions, people actually have just predispositions towards developing, whether it's acne or eczema or psoriasis, like that's how their body responds to some of these circumstances where somebody else may respond with like a rheumatoid arthritis yeah. or with gaining weight or with mood disruption or with insomnia or something like that. Some people respond with the skin issues. And then in that circumstance, when they have these stresses put on them or they're eating foods that bother them or they have the gut dysbiosis, that's what their telltale symptom is. That's the canary in the coal mine for them is the acne or the rashes or the eczema or the psoriasis, something like that. So it's a predisposition uh, that they have plus this insult to the system. And then it, that, then it starts to manifest afterwards. Yeah, it's yes. My daughter and I suffer from a dairy pimples. We call them dairy pimples. My husband can eat yogurt every single night. He eats it every single night. Beautiful skin. Nothing happens. Um, <laughs> perfect. Totally jealous, <laughs> but it just affects different people in different ways. But my daughter and I are the same person. And when we both get, you know, if we end up eating dairy because we just wanted it, we both look at each other like we're going to pay for that later. Totally are. Yeah. Yep. yep. And it's just, it's just how it goes. I'll give an example of this is so for my, for my wife, she will develop, she actually will develop psoriasis. Like her father has psoriasis mm -hmm. and his, he has, he, um, when he eats different things, his diet isn't like perfect. Hers is more dialed in. So for him, like he's always dealing with the psoriasis and the dry scaly skin and things like this. Whereas for her, she never has it unless she has like really serious gut irritation. Right. And so, but for me, I, I've never had psoriasis except for the one time I treated those, the parasites. I I don't really, really get too, too much rashes. I don't really get much. I've never really had any significant eczema. I've never really had any significant psoriasis, but I have dealt with acne and also hair loss as far as a skin situation for me is those are like the two main things that I've had to deal with. And it's again, I think it's just predisposition. Like I even yeah. when I get acne, I don't really get it on my face. My skin is always clear. So I've never, never really had to worry about that. It but my back will break out with blackheads and things like this in response to gut irritation or dairy, especially. And then my yeah. hair loss will pick up in those circumstances as well. And I'll tend to get more like more dandruff. So my right. scalp will start to put out more sebum and things like this. And so that is my predisposition. Whereas for her, she doesn't really get a really oily scalp. And she doesn't really get acne um, on her back or anything like that. But she'll get the psoriasis or she can get pimples on her face or something like this in response yeah. to gut irritation. So everybody kind of has a different response a different predisposition and it's your body's way of showing you, Hey, you're doing something that maybe isn't so great overall. <laughs> yes. Listen to it. Cause it's showing you like a big picture. It's painting a picture for you of something that you're doing wrong, but it is kind of hard to narrow it down. What did I do wrong? You know? Yeah. yeah that's, that's like a great said, point. Like, dairy is definitely one of the culprits, the major culprits of it. Yeah. And, and again, if somebody tolerates dairy and they don't have problems with it, it's a great food. It's very nutrient dense and there's a ton of value to it in terms of protein, in terms of things like calcium, in terms of things like potassium, in terms of some of the vitamins that are present in it as well. So it, it's not a bad food. It's just if your body doesn't do well with dairy, then it wouldn't make sense to continually to force dairy and think that at some point 
it's just going to magically work. I think for a lot of people, it, it you will settle into an equilibrium with it, but you may still deal with acne and these different components. And for other, for other circumstances, it may not necessarily be that the food itself is the problem. It's very possible that there's something going on in the gut, some type of dysbiotic situation that's going on in the gut. And then in that situation, when you're throwing the food in, it's the dysbiosis is driving the problem, not necessarily your, um, not necessarily that food itself. It's just the food is kind of flaring this dysbiosis. So, so a lot of times people will clear out the dysbiosis and fix what's going on with the gut. And then certain foods that were really problematic cease to be as problematic. Like for me, bananas were problematic for quite a while. And it's like, oh, bananas are super healthy. And then I was having like joint issues from them. So I was getting like stiffness um, in my ankle specifically. And then once I kind of managed what was going on with my gut a bit and figured out was what was bothering me, um, for me is cause I had the gallbladder and I had the bile dumping and all this type of stuff. Then when I solved that, then I was like, oh, wow, no, I can eat bananas. No problem. I can eat all these foods with no problems that I previously had problems with. And it wasn't because those foods were the problem is because my gut was in a bad state and those foods were just kind of like throwing fuel on the fire. But if yeah. there's no fire, it's not a problem. Yes. Yeah. It's the figuring out part that gets tricky. Yes, exactly. That is the big, it's like. Is this the chicken or the egg? Is the banana yes. causing the irritation and then I'm reacting to other things or is my gut irritated and I'm just reacting to this food because of that irritation? And right. so this is why it's so important to get the foundation right first so that you can rule out it. Like it, it basically helps you to narrow down what the problem is. Once you've eliminated the things that are really likely to be causing problems, you you have a solid diet, you're covering your vitamins and your minerals, you're not eating foods that are really irritating you, you situate that and your body's like can take that breath and be like, oh, and like relax. And then you can start testing the different components and see, oh, is this affecting me this way? Was it this? Was it the bananas? Was it the dairy? Was it the... I don't know, was it the beans, whatever the, the, the situation is. And then you can kind of test from there and say, oh, no, I don't have a problem with this. I don't have a problem with that. And then build out a diet. And now you have a bunch of personal knowledge, a bunch of right. reference experiences that you can say, oh, I know how this affects me. I don't care what this diet guru says and what this and that says. And this article says, I know I do really well with these types of foods. Because as you're pointing out, it is quite individual in terms of what people tolerate. Like your Absolutely. husband tolerates yogurt. You don't tolerate it. And then your daughter is half you, half your husband, and yes. she's leaning more towards your half on that yogurt yes. piece. Yes, we are in the same dairy boat together. Yes, and she loves cheese. So yeah. it's hard for her. I think yeah. everybody loves cheese. And yeah, uh, it's, it's harder people, for her. Everyone in the Western world seems to have a love for cheese or the vast majority of people. Even for me, like I really like cheese, but it doesn't like me. Yeah, it doesn't like my daughter either, but she pays for it. She's like, I'm just going to pay for it. I'll just probably get a pimple right here. I'll just deal with it. It's fine. I'm just going to eat some. <laughs> for me, it's more um, creamier stuff, yogurts and ice creams and things like that. I'm not really a big cheese person. So, yes, dairy definitely has its effects on us. But I can do like um, – I can do cheese. doesn't bother me. I can do whey protein. doesn't bother me. I can do uh, butter. doesn't bother me. There's just certain kinds the creamier stuff will bother me and then cheese will bother her. So it's, everybody's different. And it didn't like, yes, like my husband, he will eat yogurt every single day. Nothing happens. Nothing. Yeah. So yeah. But if you give him like whole milk mozzarella cheese, he's down and out, down and out. Can't do that. So yep. it's so, it's so particular 
on what works for everybody and what doesn't. And trying to figure it out is the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that takes time. And that that's where you want a systematic approach put in place to target the foundational components and build them out step by step. And I mean, that's what yes. we do. That's what you and I did together. That's what I do with people. That's, yes. that's what we do in general is we, we get the foundation settled. So yeah. People, gonna, and then start to get you dig in. Yeah. You dig deep to find it rather than just going to get a cream. Yeah, exactly. So You're trying to get to the root of the, of what's going on and set and uh, pull all the levers that people have in their lifestyle, their diet, their supplementation, their sleep, their movement, their stress levels, their light exposure, all these types of things and start to whittle down. Like what is the true culprit in driving or triggering these, this person's predispositions. And then from yeah. there you, you build things out um, specific to the person. And you, you as you go, you get na more narrow, 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 more yes. narrow as what's driving that problem. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than having skin issues and waking up and being like, Oh, another day. Like I have to deal with this itchy skin or why is there a pimple here? You know? So like their skin issues can really affect you like mentally. Yeah. They, they really yeah. can just bother you. So getting to that root cause is how we fix them. Yep. Exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. All right. You want to add anything else to this inflammation of skin episode? No, I think we covered it. I think we've covered it pretty well. Yeah. So if you have any skin issues or you're suffering with them and you wake up every day itchy or wondering why, why is this happening? It is most likely something that comes from you internally. So really have to look at yourself internally to figure this out. Yep. And yep, you can treat it internally, get to the root of it, build out the foundation. And then while you're doing that, it's still fine to use topical things. But we just yeah. want to use topical things that aren't a net negative to the system overall. And we mentioned some of those like the cocoa butter, coconut oil, or cocoa butter, olive oil mixes with some vitamin E with the essential oils. Um, there's some other herbal compounds that can be helpful. So I think when we dive into specific skin disorders, we'll dive into some of these specific um, things that can be used for these individual disorders. Yes. And then other things that we talked about is sun exposure and red light being really helpful and then addressing what's going on directly in the gut mm -hmm. as being key to looking at what's going on in the skin. Because a lot of times dysbiosis or having the gut barrier be open and allowing different particles across like bacterial metabolites and also different food proteins and things like this can trigger inflammatory responses that can drive these skin disorders. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's so. hope. There is skin yeah. hope for you because I am walking proof of it. I used to break out all of my eyes, all around my eyes. I've sometimes had patches on my stomach, um, dry, itchy, scaly, red, inflamed patches. And when it's on your face, you tend to want to deal with it quicker than not so quicker. Like you, you're <laughs> like, let's get rid of this like as fast as we possibly can because I have to walk around looking like this. And there's no amount of makeup in the world that will cover it. So it really does work. It's, I am walking proof that if you fix your gut, your skin will get better because mine did. And I think for a lot of people too, I think this is a really good point that you brought up with the makeup. I think a lot of people will also find that makeup may even irritate it worse, even oh, yeah. though it covers it up. So it's really about getting to that underlying cause and having salute. So you're kind of treating it on both sides from the inside and from the outside as well. 
so that you can rapidly get symptom relief and then also get to the root. So you don't have to cover it up and put things on that may irritate the skin or, or, or make things worse. Yeah. I would, I didn't wear makeup for months because it was so irritating and it just, I just walked around looking like I was crying all the time because my eyes were so puffy, red and inflamed. It's fine. Everything's fine. Chrissy's fine. Not upset. Just red, just working <laughs> on the gut. It's fine. So yes, you just, you have to get through it, but once you get through it, you're going to look amazing and you're going to feel amazing and your skin is going to just glow. So yeah. Yep, exactly. All right, Mike, where can the people find you? They can find me at mikefave.com and here on the Health and Harmony podcast. And what about you? Same right here on Health and Harmony and at chrissyrice.com. And thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear us talk about something that you're interested in hearing about, please drop your comments below in the comment box. And thanks. Yep. yep. Thanks, everyone.